All right, so I'm here with uh, Richard Inder, Principal of Gate Par School. So um, maybe, Richard, if you could start off with just a, a wee snapshot of your teacher, teaching journey, how you came to, to okay. be here in this All position. Right. Um, trained at uh, Christchurch Teachers College quite a few years ago. 70, no, what was it? Uh, must have been about 76, 1976. Um, did a four-year um, qualification, and so I finished with a degree. And then taught in Christchurch for a year, then moved up to the Bay of Plenty and taught in Apodiki for two years, then taught in Tateko, just one school, in Kawara, and uh, then got my first principal job at Otamarakau, um, and then next principal job at Pongakawa, and now at Gaipa. So slowly moving north. North, yeah, following the sun. <laughs> following, following the sun. The sun. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, sun. brilliant. And you've been principal here for, for how long? Since 2000. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay, so um, maybe if you just describe a few of the assessment practices here, maybe between junior okay. and senior or some yep. of the... Okay, so we do. use a mixture of um, norm reference tests, uh, the PAT, vocab and compre, and maths. And um, with maths, we actually get it marked by NZCR, where they give us a full analysis of where the children are at, uh, next steps, where the gaps are. Is that the online PAT, yes. or you send the papers yeah. away? Online. Okay. Yeah. And so what we've made a decision to do with vocab and compre is to do the same next year. So we're getting a... Uh, you know, a whole rich of range of information that's available. You know, it's just a matter of accessing it. So that um, at least those uh, those three tests are norm referenced, and we know that it's you know soundly based. Mm -hmm. uh, we use STAR as well. We do STAR, which is STAR reading test, mm -hmm. um, twice a year, term one and term three, and that again we use uh, analysis of that too. So that gives us pretty good information on um, on reading. Uh, we use probes and running records for the children that need probes and running records. Uh, uh, Terry, my DP, is just exploring ESTL reading. We use ESTL writing and uh, do two assessments on that um, uh, in Term 1 and Term 3. And now we're just looking at ESTL reading. We're conscious um, that we want to get basically from our assessments, uh, the next steps, you know, diagnostic, okay, this is what the child can do, this is um, what the next step is. is. Uh, and we do use it for summative purposes, but we're trying to more diagnostic, okay? So it's useful. So the teachers are not seeing it as, oh, well, the principal wants you know the, this assessment done, so I do it, and then I just park it up. Well, we're actually doing it for the other reason. You know, it's actually should be benefiting the teacher. And we ask asking the question, well, how did you use that those assessment results? You know, for your teacher. Um, we use uh, so a range of um, norm reference tests, and then a range of school-based tests, and you know, from spelling to um, basic facts to multiplication, um, yeah. and so. With that, we also share all assessment data with our parents. So we have here what we call a learning snapshot, and um, some schools will call it their portfolios. So when a child does a test, um, then that assessment goes in their learning snapshot. The learning snapshots go home twice a year, 
So we're sharing the information with the parents all the time. So, so that's a physical folder yeah. or, or a, a, a yeah. printout? Yeah, of their PAT, of their STAR, of their spelling. Um, and so there's no reason why a parent would ever come up to me at some stage and say, I didn't know my child was so low in writing or reading. Yeah, it's yeah, so we're yeah. yeah. So, you know, maybe in you know a few years ago, maybe it went into fi the filing cabinet. And now yeah, we do it and we try and maximise the purpose so the child sees it, the um, parent sees it. And, um, you know, it sits, in, it sits on top of last year's one. And, yeah. uh, you know, and so training the parents up now to have a look back. Oh, yeah, okay. So your spelling age was 10.2 and now it's 11.4. Yeah. You know, so... Um, Part of this is educating the parents to be able to ask the good questions about assessments. Tell me about my child, you know, it's, yeah. uh, are you still writing? She's on 2P, and uh, so what does that mean? Yeah, so I was going to ask, you know, how do you get that sort of assessment literacy um, with your parents? Because I know with my two kids at a primary school, we got given this printout, and uh, even being in education, some of it was a little yeah. bit of a yeah. mystery. You know, words yeah. like stain on yes. and... Yep. And all the names of these yep. various assessments. So, yep. so what what do you do here to? Well, one, I feel sorry for, <laughs> for, for for parents because we use the jargon, and um, we're familiar with it. And I suppose over time, if we have these children and their parents for over time, they get to know what it means. We also put a little blurb in the snapshots as to what you know each assessment means. Um, but you are forever educating the parents um, mm. on. Um, you know, those, those results. Uh, I suppose what we also do too, I mean, there's a big shift in the last two years, we have student-led conferences. So we don't do a mid-year written report. We pour all our time and energy into the student-led conferences. So all the children have a little prompt sheet and they're talking about their learning. So the teacher's on very much in the background, facilitating the conference, but... In, um, Andrew's talking about, or oh, this is what I can can do in, in writing. Um, this is what I've been working on in term two, and this is my next steps. And when Eero came through a few years ago, they just said um, a goal next for our school was children to be able to articulate their learning, and um, we feel that that's you know very powerful if they know what their next steps are, rather than teach, teacher doing all the talking. Uh. And so obviously the, the, the students need a bit of um, assessment literacy as yep. well. How, how, do you, how do your students use that assessment data, those, those different so tests, etc.? Yeah, if we used um, ES tool writing, so that gives a pretty good analysis as to um, the rubric that goes with each writing sample. And so they can see how they scored on the different parts of the rubric. And sitting alongside that rubric is the next level in the rubric, so if they might be on... And that's in kids speak? That's in a yes, it is, that, yes. Okay. And that's been um, something that's been done over time is that the rubric from the ministry was in teacher speak, and now we've adjusted it so it's, it's you know, child speak. Um, so we want the children to be able to, you know, um, empower themselves by saying, well, this is where I need to get to next, yeah. and this is where I'm a good week on, you know, and so... If we can do that, that's um, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you obviously do a range of, of different types of assessment. Is there, is there any one or, or, or batch that you think are, are more valuable than others, maybe looking towards things you're going to continue with, things you're going to maybe stop doing? Um, 
we're not going to keep on adding to the assessment pile. So if we did ES to a reading, then my feeling is something will drop off, okay. not another assessment. You know, we, we can measure the peak uh, and keep on measuring it, but that's really what you do with that information. So um, we're always looking at, well, why are we doing this assessment? What are we getting out of it um, for our school purposes, and, but more importantly for teaching purposes? All right. So, um, yeah, forever looking at, uh, you know, the assessments. And, right. yeah. And, and, and so since you've been principal, have you seen a shift in assessment practices, not, maybe not only at this school, but but across the educational yeah, landscape? Yep. Yeah, I think uh, we over-assess our children. Um, I want my teachers to teach, not to be um, assessing and assessing and assessing for the sake of assessing. I think we've just got to be, as principals, with all the things that our teachers do over and above um, in front of the children and all the counselling, all the family, all the social welfare things that we do, um, that we've just got to be mindful that we're not taking the spark out of teaching. We want them to teach in front of the kids, sharing their skills, not being bogged down with unnecessary assessments. So I think as principals, we've just got to balance the requirements that the ministry asks of, of us and still having the passion and the magic of teaching still being at the front. Yeah. So, so what, what about, you mentioned like ES, or was the move to that because it's more efficient? Would, would that be a fair comment? Uh, it also gave very rich information for the teacher as to the next yeah. steps. And I think the teaching of writing um, has been probably poorly done in the last 20, 30 years. And we were involved in uh, some PD last year, very intensive PD, you know, through a ministry contract. And one of my teachers, who's very experienced, said that she'd learned more in that year of PD and writing than her whole teaching career. And I felt the same too. It's a very precise subject area now, you know. Um, very Was precise. that all? And, you know, very, very powerful, you know, teaching pedagogy and big shifts. And there were some shifts that had to be, you know, some big shifts in right. practice. Um, and so with, and maths is, is no different. Um, you know, the, the, the pedagogy around maths now, and it's changing even slightly, you know, in the last couple of years with, you know, problem solving taking on a bit more of a focus. Um, so you've got to be on top of your game as a teacher and also as a principal trying to help support teachers um, keeping up to date with the pedagogy okay. that goes with it. Mm. Yeah. So you mentioned all. What about um, ALIM or...? Yes, we've done um, ALIM. Uh, we've had MST twice and, um, you know, very very beneficial program, mainly because it's, it's resourced okay. and um, there's no cost to, to a school like ours, really. So, yeah, sure, it would have to work, really, because it's well-resourced. Yeah. And um, in those cases, um, very small group with a qualified, passionate teacher. Um, yeah. So um, MST we've used, and um, all we've gone, you know, we did our third year last year, which was probably the most powerful year. Right. And now the challenge now is, okay, that support has, um, external support is finished. Now the challenge for us is to maintain the momentum. And we've got, you know, two powerful teachers there that yeah. are... Um, you know, maintaining the momentum, so okay, yeah. So you know, there's just that you just want to make sure that people don't drop back into the same, you know, their right. old practice. Okay, we've just got to keep it up. Yeah. 
So that as curriculum leaders, um, that's their challenge now yeah. for both maths and, and for writing in particular. Yeah. Uh, can you just uh, describe how assessment feeds into reporting and, and maybe just briefly what your reporting cycle is? You mentioned about midterm student-led conferences yep. or mid-year. Yep. So obviously it goes towards um, you know the OTJ at the end of the year, 1st of November, that has to be in by. And we want teachers to have a bank of standardised assessments um, that they can have some evidence on, but their main evidence comes from classroom practice and the observations over time. And um, we, we know that some of our children don't test well, but their classroom work is, is um, up there. And so it's just balancing the, the, the sources of that information, where they get it from, and uh, yeah, trusting their classroom observation because research is clearly showing that that's those teacher observations during class time they are the most uh, relevant, yeah. And do you have a system of, of for teachers recording those yeah. observations and is that something that's been developed over time? Or, um, maybe just give us a snapshot of... Yes, yeah, so, um, you know, if we just took, for example, reading, um, we're now developing a refined observation sheet so that, you know, teachers, if they're taking the instructional group, and you know you're reading or you're answering a, um, you know one of the questions. You know just some quick way of just okay, so you don't don't forget. You know you know that Andrew, um, uh, inference skills were very very good on that particular occasion. Um, so we have a student management system that um, records all that information. So we use Edge, and oh, okay. um, it's. Uh, getting better and better all the time as far as being able to help with my summative requirements. Yeah. So, it's a, so that's the equivalent of ETAP, is it? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. And so we can filter out, you know, how the boys going, how the girls, how Māori, how Pacifica, and, um, yeah, with the technology now and the advancement, sometimes that's now a push of a button. And as I said before, we're, looked, we're, we're always looking at our priority learners. We always want to see how our Māori children are going, and in our case, our Pacifica children, um, which are quite significant. Okay. Uh, what about then reporting to the board? Um, you mentioned, you just touched on that. What are the sort of the demands, or, or what information do you provide so, with the board, and what, and what are yeah. some of the challenges of that? So that each data? board meeting, um, I give them one um, snapshot of one re recent assessment that we've done school-wide, and um, whether it'll be reading, maths, but they made a really uh, um, telling comment at the last board meeting, which I shared with you before, is, um, you know, we enrol a lot of children at our school over the course of the year. And uh, last year it was 140 children we enrolled out of a total role of 300 kids. And, of course, when we look at our OTJs at the end of the year, that's all those children that have arrived, and some of those children will have arrived, you know, two weeks before the OTJ, some of them two months some of them, you know, beginning of the year. So some of those children we haven't had for a long period of time. So the board asked the question, well, Richard, next time you share information like you've shared, um, can you filter out so we can actually just see our cohort of children, you know, those children that we've had for a period of time. And um, when we do that, um, our data, our achievement data, looks very different. Um, and that's what we pride ourselves on, okay? We, we always... Selling the message to our parents, stability of schooling is so important. You know, if it's here, if it's here, that's cool. Um, stay for as long as you can, you know, because um, you know that's that's how we should be judged. 
and uh, yeah, it's a very different. Uh, so tracking cohorts of children, very very important. Yeah, that's interesting. That's mirrored in, in, in the secondary school, like at Boys College. You know, if you take out those transient yeah. kids, the kids have been less there for less than two years. Yeah. That, that underachievement look, does look very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, what about assessment of um, key competencies? Yeah, we probably more do that as a self-assessment. Um, in our end of year written report, um, which is very succinct and um, summative rather than detailed specific stuff, um, there is a little um, box in there with the key competencies, and um, that's where the teachers you know, give an indication to parents. But, so, but in their learning snapshot, um, once or twice during the year, the children self-assess. Okay. And um, some of them are very good at that. Some of them probably need a bit more refinement, but so for the for the for the for key competencies, where we if we can get the children into self-assessment, that's probably the most powerful, you know, way of doing you know key competencies. Um, yeah. yeah so. All right. Uh, what about uh, sort of your next steps? Uh, are there other practices frameworks you're investigating? I know there's another couple of schools looking at learning progressions and the PACT tool. Um, yeah, well, yep. next steps in assessment for Gateway. Okay, um, personal opinion, I'm not interested in the PAC tool because um, I, I've seen it uh, trialled, I've seen a demonstration of it, and I just shook my head as the time that it would take yeah. for a teacher to do. And as I said before, I want my teachers teaching, yeah. not not assessing. Um, so, uh, yeah, working, what was the other part of that question? The next steps. Next steps for us is um, our end of year written report. Um, up until this year, um, my teachers will have spent between 40 and 60 hours doing their written end of year written reports and putting a whole range of information that I, you know we felt that parents didn't understand. A lot of teacher yeah. jargon, you know, the child needs to use metaphors or phonemes and uh, you know all that stuff that we have tried to jam into an end of year written report. This year's written report will take much less time. We'd rather pour energy into our student lead conferences, and um, we're giving them a succinct statement on where their child is on in levels and in the curriculum level and national standards, how they can help at home, which is drop down. Um, but we're certainly we certainly question big time the amount of time that our teachers were writing many essays on every child and um, probably at the end of the day a parent looks at the general comment yep. right. uh, what's my ch what's my child actually like with getting on with other kids and leadership and relationships and um, you know after a bit of surveying with our staff and parents and board of trustees that was yeah quite interesting to see well actually I'm not interested in you know my child using more similes or metaphors whatever I actually want to see what sort of Kitty is um, amongst his peers, and yeah. so. Okay. And, and with the our assessment is that, and you, you'll, you know, you'll know this is that, reading, writing, and maths is important, but just as important, uh, the richness of the EOTC, health and phys ed, the arts, um, you know, phys ed in general, play, and. Um, yeah, we, we probably measure the easy things in education um, and reading, maths, writing, they're easy. But the more important things are 
you know, harder to measure. They can be measured, but they're harder to measure. But that should never um, detract from we know as professionals is that that rich curriculum that we offer kids doesn't necessarily have the assessment tools like I mentioned before. You know, so health and wellbeing, you know, so um, very, very important in a school situation. And um, I think in the, in the light of youth suicide, just mental health, as a country and education system, we should be starting to think, well, um, maybe there are some other things that are just as important as reading, writing and maths rather than getting carried away with just measuring those at the time. Mm. So, Gosh, I think that's probably a good place to put. Uh, yeah, unless there was anything else you, you wanted to add about assessment that we perhaps haven't no, covered. No, just we want to want to keep the spark in teachers, and if if they're doing an assessment, they want to know why and they're going to benefit from it, and not just keeping on adding another assessment, another assessment. Um, we want them to teach in front of the kids. Brilliant. Well, Richard, again, thanks, yeah. thanks no, for problem. your time. Yep. Much appreciated. 